but do something different with it and try and tease something out of the data that you haven't done before. Um, and, and you might find something, you might not. Um, but at least you're, you're, you're honing a new uh, skill um, and, and you're learning something new about your own craft as an analyst. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. Um, so Bryant, we have uh, a special guest with us um, this week. So today we have Eric Matisoff uh, from Adobe. Eric is the senior evangelist for analytics and data science at Adobe with 15 plus years of experience working with data and visualizations. He works with Adobe customers and partners to help align their business strategies to the vision Adobe has defined for data ingestion, analysis, and action. He has recently written and released Adobe Analytics for Dummies, which I'll definitely include a link to in the show notes. Perfect. Uh, And you can find uh, recent content of his on the Adobe Summit website, along with the Adobe Analytics YouTube channel. So Eric, it's great to have you, especially today, because this is the debut of our uh, video simulcast. So we're still getting used to actually also publishing the video with this. Yeah, yeah, it was an interesting decision to go with uh, starting your video simulcast when no one is allowed to get haircuts. So uh, <laughs> I do not blame myself for my appearance. No, I'm I'm with you. It's like it's, it's all growing and flopping over. I feel like I'm back in college. Yeah, well, what, I will what's not your be excuse? turning my head. What's your excuse? All the other times I've seen you, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, come on, who are you talking to? You. Both of probably. Yeah. Oh, well, are you talking beard or what's going on up here? Yeah, I don't know. You know, up here, I, I'm just doing whatever I can to make it look like it's kind of filled in in, <laughs> in, the, in the bald spot. <laughs> I've got that struggle too. Um, but yeah, th- thanks for joining us. And um, the three of us, uh, we're, we're kicking around a couple topics. And the one I wanted to go with today is I'm currently uh, calling the, you know, titling this one, um, make every day count. Um, and I can't take credit for that. That's actually Brian's title. So he finally gets one, um, in the, the win column there. Exactly. So, um, with the, with the work that we do, uh, it's very easy to fall into the trap of just checking the box, um, whether it's technical instrumentation or, or just analysis and insight. And, if someone were to take a serious look at their day-to-day, I, I bet you they could find many tasks that take up a lot of time, um, but don't actually drive drive value. Um, and then if you couple that with today's environment with the COVID shutdown, you're seeing an increasing number of talented individuals looking for work. So wanted to ta- uh, tackle the topic of, you know, how can you make the time you spend every day have high impacted value? You know, again, making every day count. So, but before we dig into the topic, wanted to give you a chance to, you know, 
I, I gave a brief intro, but uh, tell us a bit more about yourself and, and your role with Adobe. How long you've been there and you know what, what, what your day-to-day looks like. Yeah, yeah, cool, Jim. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for the uh, nice intro to me and to the topic. This will be looking uh, forward. We'll have some fun. Um, so at Adobe, um, my role is really to try to articulate in less words than I'm using now the um, the way that our products work from a technical perspective, but making sure that I can explain it from to anyone from the analyst all the way up to the CEO. So that's that's probably the uh, most succinct way in which I can describe my daily job. But what I'm the way in which I do that is uh, can be one to one, where you know I'm meeting with a customer and explaining something simple or something complicated. You know, what is attribution IQ and what are some use cases for it? Or how could I use that in my business? Um, or conversely, um, you know, the, the you know, true opposite of that is, uh, you know, I, I love to present at Summit as well, where I introduce to the world the concept of attribution IQ on stage, you know, while repping the Philadelphia Eagles, go Burt's. Um, so, you know, in between those, um, you know, I, I, like I recently was meeting with the CPG brand that, you know, has dozens and dozens of brands across every country that you can name, uh, and probably a bunch that you can't and how they can, you know, begin to strategize their move to a more data informed, uh, organization and uh, and to best take advantage of the Adobe stack. Um, and what I love about those types of conversations is I get the opportunity to say, you know what, here are some things that we've just released that you may not be aware of. Um, and I love seeing like the light bulb click on of like, oh, okay, I didn't know I could right click in workspace um, versus like, the 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 similar conversation of like and here's where we're going this is a new feature that is coming soon to an adobe experience cloud near you that will completely change the game um one of those was just released yesterday actually um you know and completely flips on its head the way that Adobe and Omniture have been collecting data since like day one. Um, we call it the Experience Platform Web SDK. Uh, hopefully, you know you both studied the all the demos from Summit this year. But uh, in case you didn't, the idea is you know previously if you wanted to launch Analytics Audience Manager Target in the Experience Cloud ID service on your site, you would have I think five different JavaScript files that would need to be loaded a lot and with a lot of duplication of code across them. So, you know, analytics checks the, the app measurement library checks to see what your user agent is and, and therefore your device and browser. So does target. So does audience manager, you know, the ECID is doing some of that stuff too. So what we've done with the web SDK is we've consolidated those five JavaScript libraries, completely rewritten them from the ground up. And we're, and we're saying, you know what? Stop tagging things with EVARs and props and events and inboxes and traits and all of that kind of stuff. Let's 
let's simplify. Let's use name key name value pairs that are defined in a schema uh, that we call experience data model or the or XDM. And then that sends it up to us in a single tag. And then up here behind the scenes, we disperse that wherever it needs to go. Analytics, target, audience manager, platform, um, and, and soon uh, to non-Adobe applications as well. So like see, so explaining that to customers over the you know last month and a half since Summit went live mm -hmm. and and seeing the folks that really get implementation to recognize the 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 difference that that can make while also seeing you know the execs get excited about you know a two-thirds smaller javascript library and a 70 percent faster page page load time you know they can dig it too totally yeah um i've been reading a lot about it i'm, I'm definitely excited especially from I, i'm the one that tackles like the 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 technical design and you know the the uh instrumentation <clears throat> excuse me the instrumentation of that so it, it, it's really exciting to to see and uh i know i'm looking forward to sinking my teeth into that yeah yeah it's it, I, you know it's a combination of killing a lot of tech debt you know, when it comes to legacy variable names and things like that, uh, while also, you know, forging a new path when it comes to the the, the sort of hybrid on-page and server-side approach to to data collection. So, um, it's it like I don't know. I'm I'm pumped about it. Like when 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 we went to uh, general availability yesterday, you know, I got the email from Justin Grover, and I was like, awesome. I'm updating my launch extension now. I'm writing some like a super fast JSON data element, and then boom! Now we've got uh, you know popped open my real time report, and I like you know shed a tear. <laughs> so, what are you looking at as far as like a, a timeline goes? Has something been announced yet? Because I I'm, I haven't had a chance to read the uh, the the information that went out yesterday. You know, um, uh, I. So the, we've got a pretty public roadmap as well as document set of documentation when it comes to launch, but also uh, with the Experience Platform Web SDK. Um, I think we can we can share all of those URLs in the in the uh, in the show notes as well. Um, and so it's available for anyone uh, as long as you have an Adobe Analytics account to deploy today. Um, so I did it in production last night and I've been toying around with all sorts of fun things this morning, figuring out how to populate, you know, page name and site section and all that kind of cool stuff. Um, but I think it's also going to be one of those things that, um, if you're familiar with Corey Spencer and, and the awesome work that his team delivers, uh, it's going to be something that you're going to see iterated on very quickly. Um, they take the feedback that customers provide with them very, very seriously, which is why launch, you know, if we were to go back, what, like a couple of years when launch first launched, um, then, uh, you know, you've seen such incredible pace of innovation and um, I expect the same or better with the web SDK as well. That's awesome. Yeah, you've you've got quite a bit of uh, experience there. It sounds like Eric. What else do you do with your life? Uh, uh well, <laughs> I've got a I've got a son that'll turn three on Sunday. Um, so we're working on a quarantine party. 
which means that the uh, local police precinct will be driving uh, driving by with the lights and sirens blaring. So that'll be fun. Oh, wow. Um, which, by the way, if you have kids, apparently they really like sirens and flashing lights. I think if you like, like mo- a lot of towns, if you just like email the precinct, they're, they're, they're really happy to do it as long as there, you know, aren't any major crimes going on at the same time. Um, and then I've got a 10 month old as well. She'll be a year in July. Meanwhile, I'm here quarantined outside of my normal apartment in New York city. I'm, I'm in New Jersey at my mother-in-law's, uh, we've been here two months to the day and, uh, it's a tight space, three dogs, two kids under three, uh, three adults, uh, in a three bedroom. So, uh, but you know, it's, it's been a blessing as well to not be in the literal epicenter of this pandemic. So I feel, I feel really, uh, happy to have had to, to have had this as an option. You know, not everybody has had that as an option. I can't imagine, you know, the energy of a toddler in a two bedroom Manhattan apartment right now. Right. right. Yeah. I wouldn't want to either. So where about in New Jersey? Uh, in a town called Northvale which okay. um, is in Bergen County. It's uh, so far north. The people that live behind my mother-in-law are literally in New York state. Uh, so about, up, yeah. You're about two hours north of me. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Like a, mm-hmm. basically a half hour outside of the city, but like okay. north. Yeah. Gotcha. Northwest. Cool. So, you know, right now with, you know, with the, 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 the COVID shutdown, the, the quarantining that's going on. What are some of the things that you're hearing, you know, from clients? Because, you know, a lot of them are trying to, you know, online has become the only way they can engage with, with customers or one of the few only ways. Um, what are some of the things that you're hearing from them as they're either quickly trying to shift either resources in the company to, to deal with that or um, just shift focus? Yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting time from a data and optimization standpoint for sure um both as like you know an analyst uh, slash marketer but also as uh, a consumer um you know when when things really started to get a little nerve-wracking around here and everybody so quickly moved their grocery shopping online you know that was something that that we've been doing in my family for couple of years now is like we shop almost exclusively, you know, through like the Whole Foods Prime Now uh, app and seeing how each of the different like grocery store vendors have had to adjust whether it comes to bandwidth or what the experience is like the local grocery uh, store here, they originally had like, you could book two weeks out and then, uh, but being able to do that meant that um, there it was basically taking their whole website and app down. Like you couldn't even log on to the website at all. So then they had this uh, intermediate period where you had to get into line, where you were basically assigned a number, and it would and it would say, "Okay, we expect that you'll be able to access the website in an hour. We'll send you an email. In that once that email is sent, you'll have ten minutes to log on and you know." book your book your shopping cart uh and then now they've 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 figured out apparently they got a better it web hosting company mm-hmm. or something um but but what that's made me think of as a consumer is like the need 
that I've seen across our customers that are that need to be more than ever in this test and learn uh, fu function. Um, they need to be first of all uh, thinking about the data that that has changed. You know, first of all, you can throw out your year over year you know conversion rate change conversion rate changes because like <laughs> what is that giving you? Um, last year is a little different than this year of this time, but uh, also. I think it's a great opportunity to see where are the quick hits. Like I'm, I'm always a fan of quick hits when it comes to data, um, which is why, you know, ever since I learned about it, the, uh, the, the data associated with internal search, you know, whether it's the keywords or the number of search results or uh, the eventual landing page, the conversion rates associated with the terms, um, like there's no better treasure trove of owned data than the data generated by internal search. Um, so like, if you're, if you, if for, if for some reason you're an analyst today and you don't know what you're gonna do with your day, open up your internal search reports and you'll have 40 things to do tomorrow. Um, you know, there's just so much information. What are, what are the keywords that have zero search results? Like first thing I do when I'm, yeah. when I'm trying to find some like, uh, high impact, low difficulty solutions. Um, could there be anything easier than that? You know, when it comes to analysis? Yeah, no, like, you know, I, I've, I've said for the longest time, like the customers are flat out telling you what they're looking for. And you, you bring up one of my go-tos, which is the, the failed search results. See what people are searching for. And especially if it's, um, brands or products that you don't sell that you you sell something comparable the quick win right there is take you know when people search for those terms direct them right toward the comparable product yeah yeah no. give them something don't just say yes. like oops we don't do that you know it's the uh it's the internal search version of no reply at mycompany.com you know exactly uh not fun <laughs> Not fun, but so so much so much simple opportunity, and so so I think that the the customers that we've been you know having similar webinar conversations and video conferencing with have been thinking have been asking like where do we have this opportunity to learn and iterate more quickly, um, and you know how do we make sure that the little upstart brand that no one's ever heard of hasn't completely killed our business in a month because we were too slow to respond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, with that, I think comes making bold decisions, but testing them along the way. Um, and uh, I think that's, that's a really important thing to be considering is like, okay, just because the data is showing X doesn't mean you're going to make sure you don't over rotate towards X you know, iterate along the way and, and put together a quality plan. Yeah, I, um, I've been having a lot of questions from customers right now around like how to best use my time as well. Um, you know, so these quick wins, this is a great little tip here on, on the search. Um, we've also had, you know, a customer of ours come to us and, and ask to, maybe do an audit right now of the data. I think now is a really good oh, yeah. time for, um, you know, looking at, you know, how how bloated or inefficient the amount of data that's being collected 
um, it's maybe a time to look at that right now. Um, and it's a really good use of, of an analyst's time, um, especially newer ones to a company to really get to know what data is there. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on on doing audits right now? And, and what are some of those tips and strategies that you would you would give to to clients or customers out there in the space of of auditing your data in a time like right now? Yeah, Brian, I agree, man. Um, like the, the the only reason not to be spending time focused on data quality and governance is if you're not good at commuting at, at communicating the results of that data governance and data quality checks right. to other folks within your organization. Um, you know, it's very easy to not to to not be a type a personality that you know likes to share proactively uh, you know what you're doing and jim like you mentioned it a little bit earlier uh around you know we've seen a couple of layoffs within the industry i'm sure there's far more than what we've seen on twitter twitter and measure slack but um you know i i think that's fantastic work to be doing right now and you need to make sure that your manager and that your stakeholders are aware of the um, success that you're having making those changes like oh you know what i had uh i wanted to focus in on ensuring our shopping cart data or ensuring our internal search data um and so what what i've did so here are some of the key steps that i did um, to check it. And then these are my recommendations for the results. And then follow up once those uh, tags are improved a month later and and perform that analysis that says, yep. thanks to, you know, thanks to that that fix that we have put in place, look at this great insight that we're able to derive in this change on our website that we can make or, or digital experience. Um, yeah, setting those kinds of things, like now is absolutely a great time to be focusing in on data quality, accuracy, consistency, scalability. Um, and, you know, like what we're not slowing down in terms of product features that we're releasing, whether it's from an implementation standpoint or from a, a analysis standpoint within workspace. So it's a great time to also do some internal training too. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I would assume that that thirty three six customers are are thinking similarly or differently. Or what's been your experience there? Yeah, I think you know along the lines of of the audit. The other thing that I've really trying to been focus on with with my clients that I'm working with right now is <clears throat> you know really making sure that what is what is critical to the business functions like in in showing performance is really being highlighted and really being analyzed. Um, all too often, I think that, you know, people that have been in their role as an analyst or analytics manager for a number of years, they they start moving beyond kind of those, those simple and three to five key business indicators or key, key performance indicators. Um, and they start to add in, you know, all these other things that they can track for the sake of tracking it and building on it. And, and I think now um, highlights the need, especially like, you know, talking about those grocery stores earlier, 
um, you know, they probably don't care about some of these ancillary metrics of like, you know, how many characters are typed into a search before um, you actually have the results that pull up there. They want to know, like, are people finding the products from search and adding it to the cart, right? And mm -hmm. so just because you can track all of these other things and you can put all of these other characters or, or items into your data, you don't need to. Um, and and there's there's a cost associated with deploying that. There's a cost associated to maintaining that data, and really stay focused on on what's most important, um, and make sure that that's locked in and and critical. And then when you you take those reports of that that critical conversion funnel or conversion path, um, and you apply all of the different layers of segmentation. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm still battling a little bit of a cold. Promise it's not COVID. I actually was tested for it. So, um, you know, just so you guys know, you're not going to get it by listening to this. I, I've heard that that's not possible anyways, but Good. Um, anyways, Good. I Glad digress. So, you know, taking, taking those key conversion paths and applying all the different fundamental segments that come with Adobe Analytics, you know, there's, there's so much analysis that can be done just with, you know, maybe a total of 20 variables um, that people oftentimes get so distracted by all of the potential of other data that they're missing out on really what's most important, which drives 85% of their business. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where I'm trying to have our customers focus on right now, um, given all of the furloughing and all of the layoffs that I've been hearing in the industry that have happened. I just want to make sure that that people are, are realizing, you know, you don't have to find the fringe to be that really important analyst or that really important employee right now be locked in on what's most important and show the value there. Um, and, and oftentimes you're going to find some pretty interesting, you know, gaps or opportunities there that as Eric's saying, you can test um, and see what you can do to improve that. Yeah. I, I, I like where your head's at around simplification. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of like the, the three things when it comes to implementation that I've been yammering on about for years is that it's accurate okay that's a no-brainer that it's uh, scalable so that as you get new products or you get new websites or you get new you know widgets that you're selling whatever uh, that it scales uh, and then finally that it's actionable so you know what's the point in collecting you know to your to your example Bryant like how many characters uh, are in the internal search term if you can't actually act on it? Um, and maybe there there is an there is an opportunity to act on that that particular question. It's like okay, well, we have to decide between I don't know internal search vendors. Vendor A says they can handle two hundred. Vendor B says right. they can handle fifty. It's like okay, great. So collect that data for two weeks, perform your analysis, and then you can kill it because it's. It, because you don't need to worry about it. So that's something else that that I think we oftentimes forget about is that your solution design, your implementation schema doesn't need to be, it can't be static. It needs to change based on the questions that are asked and the needs that you have as an analyst. It, it should be really easy, especially in this world of tag management and data layers and and more processing rules, et cetera, to get a question and say, you know what, we don't have that data. We'll get that data in the next release, which is in two weeks, and then we'll have an answer for you in a month. 
Um, I think that's perfectly an acceptable response um, to the 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 to the opposite of that, which is saying we collect everything. We've got hovers on on images. We've got time spent per you know I don't know like I don't know like website fart like whatever however much time is spent <laughs> time spent per product searched and product view attributed right back to you know 13 page depth um average yeah interval. it's it's okay to say we yeah. don't have that data right now because it wasn't a question that was listed in our massive business requirements document so let's but i think you have a great use case and a great question to ask Give us some time. We'll collect it. We have so much data. We don't even need to collect it for every customer or something along those lines. And and, and we'll get you the answer and we'll, we'll make a decision. I think that's perfectly acceptable. While at the same time thinking about like, all right, well, maybe there is a way to, to answer that question without having to do an implementation change. I think that's another thing that we often forget. Um, I No joke. I had um, so, someone reach out to me. Uh, yesterday or the day before saying, is it true that um, report suites max out at a thousand events? And I said, yes. And I said, well, we've got a customer that would like more. <laughs> what are they not tracking then? Right. And, 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 and well, that's because the, every product needs its own event guys for a may, product view. Come on. It's like, like that, that to me sounds like an education opportunity. It's totally, like, okay, yeah. you know, learn about hit-based segments that you can then apply to a metric in a calculated metric. And you've now gone from 1,000 to 900. Um, and, uh, you know, recognize that we no longer have to worry about the difference between, I don't know, like a success event that has subrelations enabled or, or counter versus no, I, like, you know, there are all these legacy settings that maybe if they're a brand that's been with us since you know Psychatalyst V14, that maybe it made sense to use every event that they had. But like, can you imagine the pain of like actually trying to perform an analysis in their workspace instance where you've got you know all the dimensions and metrics and segments that are there by by default, plus an extra one thousand events that you know I'm just going to take a guess aren't super well governed in terms of naming strategy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just crazy. Well, I mean, you know, talking about like you know, making making every effort count and, you know, um, one of the questions I had posed as we were getting ready for this was, you know, what are some of the biggest time sucks in analytics? And this this is exactly one of them. Like I could imagine this is a client where they feel that they can't do any kind of analysis. They can't gain any kind of insights until absolutely everything is tracked. It's it, It's this paralysis state where they they're, they're constantly instrumenting and they feel like there's always a data gap so they can't move forward so they're wasting their time instrumenting every everything possible instead of actually learning with what they already have yeah yeah you like uh yeah we uh a, a conversation that comes up all the time is like why is adobe analytics harder to implement than other other solutions um and and more and more and more, I'm getting to this place of like, I don't think it really is harder. 
Um, I think people see the flexibility and say like, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta push everything in there, man. Like yep. if I'm not, if I'm not using all three of my list bars, what's the point of breathing? You know, yep. exactly. Uh, whereas, you know, like, okay, sure. S products is complicated, but like you're collecting a complicated amount of data associated with it. So I think there needs to be some balance of, of recognizing that. Um, I don't know, like what's, if I were to, to give you a, relatively basic e-commerce website today with you know a, a not you know with a decent data layer already applied like how quickly do you think you get some useful adobe analytics data to be sent in that that you know i'd be able to analyze in a, in a few weeks or a month i mean i could probably get something wired up in a weekend you know if right. you think about it you know the key things we already talked about search and how important that is how are people finding the products mm-hmm. and then where are they adding to cart yeah, and, and then think- you know, and, and the conversion data too. So, what are they purchasing? But yeah. like those three behaviors: search, finding a product, and where are they adding it to cart, will tell you barriers to any kind of, you know, starting checkout and, and conversion. Yeah. It- well, and and you three are talking about all of the custom stuff, right? <clears throat> I mm-hmm. think a lot of times what what is so often overlooked with Adobe Analytics is that the base reporting of just getting the tag on all of the pages gives you more than what Google Analytics gives you. And it's the same level of effort to put, you know, that code on every page as it is for for Google. And I think where the complexity and people say it's so hard to do is, you know, sometimes a fault of the agency or consultancy that's helping them deploy it in overcomplicating a situation for again, justification of, of a role, right? If, if um, you know, I'm a consultant and I'm supposed to use 500 hours of time to deploy this solution, you better bet I'm gonna make it, uh, you know, complicated to do so that I've got all of the time, you know, spent on it. I can justify the bill that I'm sending out there for implementing. Um, whereas, you know, if you take it in a phased approach and you say, okay, we're going to match what you have in Google or whatever vendor, you know, you're transferring from first and and within one week, we're going to get you base tagging in place. And then the second week, we're going to get your three key performance indicators, uh, you know, tagged. And then the third week, we're going to get um, the micro conversions that lead to those, you know, key performance indicators. So you can build your funnels within one month you know, they're going to have a more robust reporting system and a more, um, you know, more advanced set of features with analysis workspace than they could ever dream with. And, and again, back to one of my earlier points around like, you know, yeah, you've got all of these other things that you can do from analysis and do it. You know, you get two analysts in there with just what I outlined there in those first three to four weeks. And, you know, you've got six months worth of analysis and dashboarding and reporting that is going to to be feature rich, visually rich with with Adobe, um, you know, and and really just add a ton of value there. And I think I think the message that I would put out there to most people is just, you know, don't justify your job through the complexity that you can make it, and justify your job through the simplicity of how you can take those complex situations and how simple you can explain the data out of it. And that that to me is the true um barometer of of identifying you know who is 
who is really a veteran in the space, who is really effective in the space. And it's those that can distill these, these very complex tracking mechanisms down into a simple visual or a simple report and analysis that, that really calls out that, that key finding and that insight that we need to take action on. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I couldn't have said it much better myself. I, I totally agree. Um, yeah. Like been thinking about that, that customer with a need for more than a thousand events. <laughs> I remember, and, um, you know, so this was so long ago. I, I don't have, uh, I don't think it's, it's wrong of me to, to call out a specific name brand, but you know, this is almost, almost 15 years ago when I was working at Omniture and, and Dell computers was considering Omniture and we were actually deploying Omniture on Dell. I mean, I, I can say this cause I know their, their implementation is, is much more advanced and they're getting so much out of it, but let's hope yeah. at the, at the point in time we were deploying for them, you know, they wanted more variables and um, they wanted it for the sake of having it. And I know that they as a company have all sorts of things that they do on the back end that they're collecting it. But, you know, it just kind of, it, it reminded me, you know, in this whole scenario, like those those scenarios where you're working with that client and and you wonder, okay, well, what what are you really trying to do with your job? And, and is it justification of your job or is it showing the value of the data that's there. And I think in our industry, we've, you know, in all of marketing technology, I'm not just talking analytics. There's so much, there's so much software out there that is just added weight for the sake of being there. And, and right now during COVID, I'm seeing some of that contract, um, which is a good thing in, in this sense that companies are taking a serious look at their marketing and stack and saying, you know, what, what do we really need and what do we don't need? Um, and if you're in a position where you've been justifying your job out of just being, you know, overly complicated, um, you know, I, I recommend you rethink that and really look at what's important and how you're actually moving the needle in the right way. Uh, quick disclaimer, Dell, we love you as a customer. Thank you. <laughs> Dell is awesome. Like I've actually worked with them since then when I was at Adobe. Um, and I know some of the consultants that are working with them now. Um, you know, and they actually use a, a huge amount of um, really advanced features that, you know, I've actually never seen other customers exploit some of the features in a way that Dell has. So, um, but it just reminded yeah. me back then, whomever, whomever that might be. Yeah, I, I guess, I, I, I guess, you know, what, what your, what an interesting point to that last comment is, is that there's the, the workspace is so flexible that there's three different ways to skin every cat that you come up with. Um, you know, if your company is, is getting close to using all 1000 events, then that probably means you haven't looked at the, the built-in activity map dimensions that are there by default. You know, you put the code on your page, you've got activity map on there. Now you're seeing the links that users are clicking automatically, you're seeing the pages that they're clicking from, you're seeing all this useful information that will probably cover like half of your link click, at least, you know, questions that you're asking. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's, that's what I love about, you know, my job, but also one of the reasons that I wanted to write this book is, you know, there's more and more ways to do things and the more i can share that information you know whether it's through a video a book a webinar a, 
video podcast where I need a haircut or whatever, the, the more ways we can share, um, you know, to our colleagues and peers and uh, other folks in the industry, the, the more value everyone's going to get. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just fascinating to me when you actually get in and start talking to the clients and see how they use it. Um, you know, and, and you're in a position where you're, you're interfacing between, you know, a marketing organization and a product management organization. Like that's, that's kind of your role. And so you actually get to see how customers use a tool versus how product engineering designed a tool to be used and, and be able to show some of that feedback. Um, Oh dude, I love watching the way people use, I love watching the way people use products in general. Like, uh, you know, I love being on the subway back when I used to go on it a few years ago when, <laughs> when feels like at least, uh, and like see the way people use their phones, you know, cl- while I'm glancing over their shoulder, you know, yeah. it's like, Oh, huh. So they're, they're the one person that triple clicks their home button on their iPhone or something like that. Like, uh, you know, compared to like, how my wife uses her phone or, or my mother-in-law, et cetera, like all these different things. Uh, like then, then if you like, to your point, getting to then compare that to work, like, um, it's a great opportunity for me to say like, you may be doing it this way, but did you know you've got these (laughs) other options? And, uh, again, like seeing that light bulb turn on, um, is, is a whole lot of fun. And, and it happens to me all the time too. Um, uh, Jen Lasser on the team yesterday or the day before showed me something else to right click, which is the uh, the line graph in uh, Workspace. So you can right click a line graph and you can, I think, copy that as an image to your clipboard or save it as an image, um, which I had no idea was possible. You were screen before. grabbing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's like, you know, there's so many little things uh, she, like, I, another fun little fact that I learned literally in the middle, um, are you guys are familiar with the insider tour? Um, I vaguely, vaguely familiar with that. So sure. Sh- you know, quick, quick concept. It's a half day event for free that, that we've put on for now three years that we, uh, tour around the country, around the world to, um, just kind of have, product experts share tips, tricks, best practices. Um, you know, uh, Jen, uh, Ben Gaines and I have done a ton of them where we're spend two, two and a half hours, you know, really diving deep into tips and tricks. Then we'll talk about, uh, like a little bit of roadmap session have like, actually, uh, last year we did this cool thing where we had the audience, um, provide us with their preferences on like, upcoming ideas that aren't even on the roadmap yet that are just like ideas that UX came up with. I think we called it like design the product or something like that, mm-hmm. where they like voted it in person to say like, okay, you know what? We want to do this instead of this. I think this is more valuable. So that's really fun. But it, in in the middle of one of those events, uh, Jen was presenting something about cohort tables and I was watching, I was like, really? That, is that possible? And then, you know, like, you know, Jen's like PowerPoints, it, it yeah. was an animated GIF and it showed like uh, in a cohort table results, I've always known you can right click a cell and create a segment. What I didn't know is you can highlight multiple cells and right click that and create a segment on multiple cells. 
which I thought was so cool and so useful and like such a no brainer, but I just simply never done it before. And so I, I think, <laughs> I think there's, there's an unlimited amount of information we can all be learning and to get a little bit towards, you know, the topic you're talking a little bit about as well, Jim, around, you know, how can we, how can we take advantage of, you know, the, working from home, the, the, the less time we have in the car or the, or the train or whatever to, to get to and from the office, um, you know, spending a little bit of, of time, like learning uh, the basics or reading through the release notes or uh, watching some of the videos on the YouTube channel, things like that. A uh, great way to, to really, um, you know, make, make the most of, of, of every minute, make every, every analysis count, make every, moment count every Make moment every count. second count <laughs> yeah yeah um you, you so made I me know. think of something though real quick here um while you're on the on the subway on the train there and watching people use their phone have you ever seen those people that have like the crab uh -oh. leg fingers and they they can type so fast with their two thumbs that they look like little like you know sea creatures with the long legs yeah you it's know? called generation z yeah, ah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I see those people every once in a while um, at a stoplight and they're like just frantically getting a message out. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You're driving, you know, but um, anyways, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little safer to do on the subway, though. It requires two hands. So if yep. you're standing, it's it's an exciting feat to behold. <laughs> nice. Nice. So I, I know our time is is running short. So to, to to start wrapping up, I thought I'd ask you both to you know uh, a, a question. What is one thing like if you were talking to a client, and what is one thing that you can think of that you could tell them to say, "Stop doing this now." It actually provides you no value. Who do you want to go first? Whoever wants to go first. <laughs> um. Well, I'll, 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 I'll jump. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bite. Um, the, and, and it's actually the reason that I got into web analytics specifically. Um, my, my first job as an analyst at a digital marketing agency was heavily focused on media analysis. Uh, I'll put analysis in quotes. See, we're making use of the medium here. Yep. Um, <laughs> And uh, I got this job and I was like, cool, this is a fun ad agency that I'm working for. What am I going to be doing? Like, I love data and, and um, my previous job was all focused on implementing and deploying BI tools. Um, and uh, so I, my, basically my daily, weekly and monthly job was to build monthly reports, period. Um, and it was hard work, you know, I was pulling data out of MSM because Bing didn't exist yet. I was pulling data out of Yahoo and Google and, uh, you know, overture Atlas. paid, paid clicks. Was there overture or was this uh, probably, -overture? Okay. yeah, there's probably overture too. Uh, <laughs> and, um, I, you know, pulling data out of all of the, you know, Atlas ad server and, uh, Google ad server and all of these different things. And I spent three weeks every month, just like V look upping the crap out of it. 
and uh, it was tiring. And what I what I would do, uh, I, I would just have no time for any actual analysis. It was like, all right, let me put it into this Excel format that looks nice and pretty, and then I'm gonna send it over to the account person. They're gonna have a week's worth of edits for me to make. And you know, I was really young in my career. I didn't know that you know all of that monkeying around with the data wasn't was valuable, but it was spending too much time doing it. So what I started to do is I, I like slowly, slowly, slowly started automating it. Um, you know, it was like before you could log into those engines with APIs or anything like that. So I was like having it just automatically send it into an FTP or, or send it to an email. And then I would, I would drop it into an FTP. And, uh, I took like that three weeks work, worth of work and brought it down to three days. Um, then another analyst on the team left the company. So I got his work and then I do the same thing. And I took his three weeks worth of work and I brought it down to three days and now I had six days worth of work. Um, and it was boring to me um, because I wasn't able to do any analysis. And instead of doing what I probably should have done, which was uh, you know, analyze, I decided I was going to teach myself something. And that's when I taught myself web trends and Omniture and, and Urchin. And uh, uh, that's how I ended up, you know, moving from media analysis to web analysis. So I think that um, if there's one thing to stop doing, it's, uh, you know, monthly reports or quarterly reports that that there isn't any analysis performed on. It's just, you know, reports. Uh, so look for opportunities to align the data with the targets that you set at the beginning of the campaign and seeing and recognizing where you are when it comes to that to that targeted goal and figure out why you either hit the goal or are below or trending above it, et cetera. Um, and, what, and then at the same time, think about the levers that you can apply to, to affect it. So that's that's my long-winded winded answer. Uh, hopefully, hopefully useful. Yeah, I love that. I love that answer. To be honest, um, it reminds me of some of the early kind of dashboarding projects that I would get involved in, and um, you know, building reports, which has a lot of a lot of value now in my career in knowing the things I know about Excel and how to do data manipulation in Excel that. I never would have been able to do had I not gotten this crazy report of like, hey, build this slider in Excel so the graph will dynamically change. And, you know, you become an Excel programmer during that time of your career. But, um, you know, the point that you're making, I think, is that, you know, if you're spending that much manual time updating a report just for the sake of a report and then it goes to some other box of, you know, somebody that may or may not see it and get any insight out of it that's what you ought to you be looking to kill. If you are stuck in that though, there's actually a tool out there. I'm going to I'm going to pimp a tool right now. It's called Auto Hotkey. I don't know if you've oh. ever heard of it here. No. Um, but it's a little scripting language that you can actually if there's a monotonous um, process you're going through, you can you can program Auto Hotkey to basically move your mouse and do all of the keystrokes. Oh. Um, so cool. that you can uh, you can eliminate some of your own manual um, work on that. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a cool thing. But 
Yeah, um, 2007 Eric would have really appreciated that. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am looking for a time machine right now, so cool. Um, you know, we can we can bring that uh, information to you as soon as we get the time machine built. So, awesome, awesome. Um, there, I would I would actually just build on what what Eric stated, um, and you know, I know we're we're short on time here, so I'll be quick, but. In that report, again, if if because some of these people they can't they can't get out of doing what their boss has told them to do, um, so so make it a point then, you know, if you're doing that monthly report and it takes you three and a half weeks to build, which is a legitimate thing that I've seen happen, um, and is still happening, you know, um, out there, take that last half part of your week um, and take one section of that report be it that one trend line that shows everything or the one table that shows some contextual data and analyze it. Um, you know, those reports have so much information there. Um, oftentimes it's, it's been the culmination of, you know, five different analytics managers that have decided what they want. And then another stakeholder that's moved on, but we're still, you know, getting those reports in there because this other person wanted it at one point, take one of those reports or the sections of that report and apply a different segment to it in workspace. Look at it in a different way than you have before. Um, look at some week over week data, look at day over day of the same year. Again, Eric kind of mentioned that might not make a lot of sense right now because we're in unprecedented data collection times right now, but, but do something different with it and try and tease something out of the data that you haven't done before. Um, and, and you might find something, you might not, um, but at least you're, you're, you're honing a new uh, skill, um, and, and you're learning something new about your own craft as an analyst. Um, and then you are going to find something. Eventually you will find something that, that comes to light from one of those reports. And you can share that out with somebody that cares, um, to actually initiate a new project for yourself and actually lead out on, you know, running a test to improve something and, and, um, you know, making something more of, of just the report itself. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, your your comment there is like go a little further. Um, it, there's, you know, not everyone's going to be in the position to go a little shorter as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, like you know, talking about my BI days reminds me of, you know, when when some of the BI vendors would charge like per report that could be created or something like that. <laughs> right. And uh, so we would something we would do is we would, in order to find out whether anyone was using the report, we would just hide access to it and see if anyone complained. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. so consider doing that as well. If, if you're in a position to do it without, you know, uh, any repercussions is... Yeah, hide like, a tab of that sheet. Yeah. See, <laughs> and, and it may be that it's actually not that useful. Um, you could do the same thing with an implementation, you know, remove some dimensions that you don't think are, are useful personally, just hide them from your user's access if you're an admin and, you know, see if anyone complains. Yeah. Start finding ways to get creative there. Don't do it. Don't do it like Eric would where you're like, you know, Hey, we're going to hide revenue for a few days. See if anybody notices, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, well, you know, we'll see how we get by with that, you know? Yeah. Be tactful. <laughs> Was the well, best Eric, conversation, Eric? Yeah, this has been uh, been awesome. So, really appreciate you joining us. You know, taking the time to to come chat. 
Yeah, yeah, it was fun for me too. Good to hang out with you guys uh, as virtually as uh, is allowed right now. Exactly. Cool. Well, you know, again, thank you much, and uh, we'll catch everybody later. All right. Cool. See you. See y'all. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.